Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. You're listening to Business Brunch, and we're pleased to welcome the owner of a very successful and well-established specialist furniture manufacturer based in Crewe. Frank Olsen Furniture Limited started trading in 2016, and from day one was streets ahead of its competitors. And today we're talking to the managing director, Charlie Greybrook. Charlie, welcome to the cab. Good morning, everyone. Charlie, you've created something very exciting, but before we discuss Frank Olsen Furniture, tell us what you were doing before you decided to start your own business. Absolutely. Before I started Frank Olsen Furniture, and I suppose one question people might ask is, who is Frank Olsen? Uh, Frank Olsen means absolutely nothing. It's purely a brand name that my wife and I uh, created and to give the impression of a designer furniture brand. Uh, if I'm honest, Charlie Greybrook Furniture just sounds like an antique restoration business. <laughs> it, it didn't sound like a cutting-edge contemporary furniture brand. I must uh, admit, I, I thought it, it sounded really fresh. Absolutely. It, it works really well. People seem to resonate with the brand. Um, so, yeah, the origins of the brand, um, we, we created it from nowhere to fit where we wanted the the product um, and, and the brand to to sit in the marketplace. So prior to setting up Frank Olsen Furniture, I'd been in a similar industry for almost 20 years, uh, very much involved in the development process of products, um, supply sourcing in the Far East, and then in the supply side to retailers um, in the UK. Um, yeah, nearly 20 years in, in that role in now a previous life. Um, and really it came to a point where it's time to do something different. Um, and so at that point we decided to take a few months off and then focus on selling up Frank Horseman Furniture. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge step for anybody starting a business and you must have felt confident in, in the knowledge that given the experience the previous 20 years had offered that, that you were well equipped. Yes, we, we had the, the confidence. Um, we had a, a lot of contacts, some great ideas. When you say well equipped, um, finance was an issue for us. Um, I mean, if we look back now, if I said we started on a shoestring, I'd probably be exaggerating. Um, so that, that really was a challenge, but we, we started off with just a lot of ambition, real will to succeed. We knew where we wanted to go. Uh, and we just really had to, to commit to it. Yeah, but I'm talking from an experience point of view, you, all your experience in previous uh, jobs. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That, that set me in really, really good stead, and, and we had a really clear vision of what we wanted to do, how we were going to do it, um, and I say a lot of contacts in the industry, which, which really helped us. So, yeah, we were, we were very, very confident in what we were trying to deliver. Um, it was just right for the market. It was something different, something fresh. So you've already said that you started the company with very little funding and a lot of ambition. So share with us how you got it off the ground and, and the support that you, um, that you received. Well, when we, when we started, um, I mean, our initial budget really was taken up in the development process, which involved um, a number of flights to the Far East to speak to specific manufacturers to develop the wireless charging technology. And that really, to, to get the product to prototype, testing, um, certified, that pretty much swallowed up most of our budget. Uh, and the challenge then was to put the product into manufacture for the first manufacturing run required funds. 
Uh, and what we found is that was quite difficult to raise at that point as we hadn't actually got a product into manufacture. So we decided the only way to do this was let's just bite the bullets, let's put it into manufacture and then we'll worry about raising the funds afterwards. Quite a risk, to be honest, quite a, quite a gamble. Um, but that's the process we, we, we took, and that worked for us, because what uh, that enabled us to demonstrate to people that we were very serious about this. We'd committed a lot ourselves, and we were confident and determined to make it happen. Um, and so we went about the process of raising those initial funds. Uh, and I've got to say, locally, there is a lot of help out there uh, if you look for it, the um, crew in Nantwich Chamber Loan Fund, uh, Richard Wilding, were very, very good. They really kind of understood what we were trying to do, and they helped us out with an initial loan towards the, the cost of the first order. Um, we then entered the um, crew in Nantwich Dabbers Den competition, uh, which is very much a local version of Dragon's Den. And uh, just pulling you back a little bit, when you actually started the company, you, did you have any help in preparing the financials and the plan? Not really, to be honest. Is that something you put it, together? It, yeah. it was something we did ourselves. Yeah, we, we, we really understood what we wanted to do. Um, and previous experience in, in the manufacturing and the process and the planning, we were able to put together initial forecasts, initial budgets. Um, and we'd already taken the prototype to visit a number of retailers so we had commitment from retailers to stop the product and that gave us a confidence to to go ahead and put it into manufacture um, without necessarily having the funding to do so at the time so then you decided you were going to have a bash at this dabber's den uh, absolutely absolutely i mean to be honest at the point of dabber's den i'd taken our um we made a prototype of a bedside cabinet with hidden wireless phone charging um, and at the time, wireless phone charging was quite ahead of the game. We, we'd just got a purchase order from Benson's for Beds um, to put that product into um, quite a number of stores. And that's the point we approached Dabbers Den. Uh, and we were really fortunate to win that competition. Uh, and that gave us a, a small cash injection. It gave us some legal support for a year, some accounting support. Um, so that, that was really good. And it gave us a sort of a profile presumably got plenty of publicity we, we got publicity well. from that um, and, and the, the help in terms of the, the funding and the legal side um, really made, it all makes a difference to get getting us off the ground but did it help generate more interest in, in regard to turning uh, the interest into orders it's hard to quantify because we tend to deal more on a national basis than a local basis um, but it certainly did no harm at all in getting our brand out there um, they, it was quite a, over social media and that all helps in establishing the, the Frank Olsen brand. Today we're talking to Charlie Greybuck from Frank Olsen Furniture and Crew. Charlie, you've managed to merge technology with contemporary furniture. So tell us about the, the products that you're selling when you first started trading and uh, how you were helped by an international phone company. Right. Inadvertent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. When we started the, the business, we, we knew that we had to create um, a USP. Um, in our view, we had to be almost famous for something. We had to have something that stood out from the crowd, stood out from the marketplace. We were very, very much a small, young company, and we would be challenging a lot of larger companies for display space on the shop floor. And we came up with the concept of wireless phone charging, hidden wireless phone charging, which at the time was very much in its infancy. 
There was, it was only, I think at the time, some Samsung phones had wireless charging capacity. But we spent quite a bit of time developing the technology to have a wireless charger under the glass top. And the, and the crucial part of the design was that you can't see the wireless charger. And it's only when you place your phone over the position, it lights through the glass and it charges the phone. It looks absolutely fantastic, it looks space age. But the key to it is when you don't use it, you can't see anything. Um, and it all sounds quite simple. It sounds like you can just put a wireless charging pad under a piece of glass. The reality of it, it's not like that. And it was extremely challenging in able to develop that charger um, to do that. And a terrific amount of vision as well. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We kind of saw that wireless charging would probably become mainstream and, and really gambled on the fact that that could be our USP. And once we developed the technology, we'd worked with a couple of specialist companies in China um, to develop it and have it tested and approved. The, the major phone manufacturer, at the well, even now is, is Apple, and they hadn't adopted wireless phone charging. But we, if I'm honest, I'd had some feedback from suppliers in China with contacts in Apple six months before the launch to say it's 100% it's, it's Apple will be launching wireless charging which kind of excited us, but until we saw it actually launch, we just never knew for certain. Um, and did you have a few sleepless nights in between actually building it into your furniture? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We, we were confident it would happen and that would really change things for us and it would take off. Um, I remember actually when Apple launched in, I think it was 2017, the, the, the Apple, the new phone with wireless charging, it was live on YouTube at something like two in the morning. Uh, I remember sat there just watching the whole presentation until they, they launched the, the new phone that has wireless charging and wireless charging is on an international standard. I thought absolutely fantastic. Uh, and basically what that did then is that started to bring wireless charging into the mainstream. Uh, and that really, really helped our business. Um, it meant that people buying our product wouldn't necessarily buy it because it's got wireless charging, but an absolute fantastic added benefit. And that helped us stand out from the crowd. Um, and that really helped us open doors in the marketplace. So just, again, pulling you back a little bit, where did the idea come from? I mean, it's not its not something you'd uh, brainstorm, is it? Or, or did you just come, come upon it one night when you were wondering about where the business was going? Yeah. Um, if I'm honest, I'm not entirely sure. I'd come up with a lot of ideas all day long on various different things. And really, we we'd kind of designed the, the aesthetics of our new product range, but we knew no, it needed something different. It really needed something to make it stand out. And as you look at a piece of furniture, you think, what, what can we add to it? And we needed technologies is the right for the we're in a digital age now. Everybody has a smartphone, uh, and I just thought, you know what? If we can combine wireless phone charging in in such a manner that it's part of the furniture, but it's not visible and it's really convenient, will be absolutely streets ahead of the market, and it would add a real USP, something that's really user friendly. Um, and that's where it started. But I've got to say, it was quite a difficult journey from that point to executing the finished product. But worth it. Absolutely worth it, absolutely worth it. But a lot of late nights up till two, three in the morning playing with wires and, and 
three or four flights over to the factory in, in China to sit there with their engineers to try to explain. Um, there was a number of challenges around heat transfer, distance, cooling, various various different things. And then I realised why it really probably hadn't been done before is because it was quite challenging. But we managed to, to achieve it. And then obviously you've got to go through the testing process, get it certified and approved. Um, so that was very exciting, very exciting. And have you protected your ideas? Um, we we actually applied for a patent to cover one element um, of the design, which was uh, wireless charging on a bedside cabinet. Now, one of the key things of that is the design was developed so that when you placed your phone over the charging point, there was a light that came through, but it was obscured by the phone. Uh, and the key point of that was it meant that there was no ambient light created at night during the phone charging process. Uh, and there's quite a funny story related to that, to be honest, is uh, I developed the first prototype, which I uh, took to a major retailer for bedside cabinets. I demonstrated it, put the phone on and the blue lights came up and, and they thought absolutely fantastic, brilliant. So, and, and they were quite keen to commit to a development process. I thought absolutely fantastic. I took it home and showed my wife and daughter and she was probably 10 at the time. And I showed them, really excited, said a big retailer's really interested and the 10 year old daughter said, it's great dad, but it's got blue lights, that's no good for ambient light at night. <laughs> says, hang on a minute, you sound too convinced there to know what you're talking about. Uh, and she said she's seen it on YouTube and blue lights are bad for sleep patterns at night. Oh, interesting. So to be honest, fair play to her, that led me to going back to the drawing board and, and trying to overcome the challenge of how we obscure ambient light in the charging process, but you do need light to ensure that you know it's charging. Right. Um, and that led to a trip back to the Far East to sit there with the engineers for two or three days to really work out how we could achieve it. Um, and we were able to achieve that, and that's something that we then applied for a patent to, to protect. Um, so yeah, fair play to my daughter there. She had some vision that we didn't have. <laughs> but it's funny how these things pan out. It just shows you where you get important feedback. Absolutely. Don't <laughs> ignore it. Ab absolutely. I've, I've learned from that day to listen to everybody. Don't think you know everything. And sometimes the most obscure sources can be the best sources of information. Exactly. So Jelly, tell us about your business model and, and why you chose not to sell direct to the public. Well, my background has traditionally been in supplying the, the retail customer base. However, in the last few years, the world, I think, in retail has changed massively um, through the internet. And especially in furniture, a lot more furniture is being bought online. Now, we did look at the, the initial model of saying, should we sell direct to the consumer online? But it's not my forte. I've never been a retailer. Um, and that would be a big challenge and it would we don't have the experience to sell direct to the end consumer so we decided to adopt the model of selling only to certain chosen retail partners who sell online themselves or through their retail stores and one of the reasons is that would give us national coverage uh, which means we can get our product out nationally through the whole of the country um, and obviously through our brand and now also, within that model, we don't necessarily supply stock to retailers. That's quite a controversial model because a lot of people would say in business, why don't you sell stock to people? So what we've, what we've done is we've tried to approach 
um, our business. We're very much contemporary, we're modern, and we've tried to build our model very, very much for the future. And I think in the furniture industry, especially in the manufacturing side, there's quite a lot of top-heavy companies with, with um, salespeople, cars, vans, a lot of overheads, and the world is changing. So we set out from day one to adopt a very, very lean model um, in that we have our warehouse facility in the UK, we have our retail partners, and basically as they sell that product through, we supply it direct to the end consumer on their behalf. So it cuts out a lot of costs along there, which means we can have a very, very, we can put out a very good value product to the marketplace, but it also means us as a brand can connect with the end consumer, and it enables us to do, I think, a much better job and understand what's going on in the marketplace. So most of your, your most of your funding goes into R and D then. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of um, a lot of money goes into research development, uh, and just always trying to build our a business model to almost future-proof ourselves, to keep ourselves lean, nimble, able to adapt, um, and I say work with the modern changing world. So you, you must equip each of your retailers with a set of samples. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. The bricks and mortar retailers, and we've got some really, really good retailers out there, and we will set a display model up on the shop floor with brochures, we'll train the staff, so they become extremely knowledgeable on the product. Um, and then for online sales, we create videos that explain the product. We invest in presentation of, of images, lifestyle shots. We use the very latest in computer technology to develop the right methods of getting the product and the image and the message across to the consumer. Um, so we really do try to keep the business on the cutting edge of, of technology, um, not just in the product, but in the way we present it and the way we deliver. Um, and importantly, we can deliver extremely quickly, two to three days to the end consumer. And that's, in the, in the furniture world, that's extremely quick. So um, a, a lot of retailers must be quite envious about your business model. Have you found any emulating what you're doing? We've seen one or two in the industry try to incorporate um, wireless charging. I don't think it's worked quite as well as how we've done it. Um, there's one or two brands that have tried to almost retrofit it and it's, it's not, I don't think, as good. But in the industry, we stand very much alone in what we do and that's one of our key advantages. The furniture industry itself is it's quite a long product -like development cycle. There's some larger companies out there. Um, we have the ability to be very nimble, develop quicker, and we have a real passion for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to develop. We don't have a lot of competition in the marketplace. We seem to sort of hold our own and, and have that control that niche in combining technology and furniture. This is a podcast from the Cat. You're listening to Business Brunch. And on today's show, we're talking to Charlie Graybrook from Frank Olsen Furniture and Crew. Charlie, uh, training quality staff members is an expensive business, so tell us how you ensure that you hold on to your most precious resource. Well, I think one of the most important points for us is we take the view that there's three elements to a business. There's your products and supply chain, there's the customers, and then there's the staff. All three is as equal as each other. Um, so staff and are extremely important to us, and we really try to create an environment that we would want to work in. Um, and by that I mean, it's, it's obviously everyone's got to work hard, but we try to make sure it's a fun environment. We try to make sure 
that staff are developed personally to ensure um, they grow as the business grows. We try to make sure we're all engaged and in the same journey. And we also try to offer flexibility. Um, myself as a parent understand things such as if you've got um, an assembly at school or a school play, that that's important. So we try to encourage people to make sure they go to the, uh, the assembly. I don't want them to feel like they've got to ask and it's, it's a bit of a tricky subject. We actively say, please go to the assembly, make sure you do that because that's very important in, in a personal life and I think that comes across in the way we work. I, I would like to work for a company that did that and so we, we try to um, build that into the, into the business. So it's well known that happy staff are productive staff. So are they aware of that when they come on board? Do they know they're getting all these benefits? Uh, absolutely. And I've got to be honest and say it's my uh, wife, Lindsay, that's the operations director. And it's really her role to run the day-to-day -day side of the office. And she does an extremely good job in um, making sure that if it's uh, someone's had a year anniversary with us, we, we do something for them. Uh, we might take them to lunch. Uh, if it's someone's birthday, we would just make an effort because I think it just makes a nicer working environment for everybody as well. Um, and the, the better the working environment, the more productive, the more productive everybody benefits. So, yeah, I'd say you're safeguarding jobs and... Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and eventually generating more more positions. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and that's, that's our intention as the business is growing is to take on more people. Um, and as we look to take on staff as well, we try to offer um, hours that suit the right kind of people. So, for instance, um, a lot of the staff started, well, say a lot of the staff, started at 9.30 in the morning. And that's because they can take the children to school and they can get to work for 9.30. That makes life a lot easier all round. And that helps us then to find the right staff. And that, if that works for them, it works for us. That means they'll stay with us and they'll grow with us uh, and develop themselves. So we, we try to, um, as I say, not, not have a rigid corporate structure, but be a bit more flexible for the modern world. And I think that does work. Uh, yeah, clearly it's working. So Charlie, you, have a, you now have a vibrant business selling really exciting products, but obviously you can't afford to become complacent. So uh, share with us how you ensure that you, you will continue to grow and, and uh, build on your market share. Well, we've got some very exciting plans. Um, I mean, there's one thing that, that drives me is the thought of becoming complacent. I, I understand that where we are today is not where we're going to be tomorrow unless we've got absolutely good, solid future plans. Um, so in the next six months, we've got um, a really coherent export strategy. We're just in the process now of finalizing that. Because it's our product, it's a different product, it's our brand, the, the plan now is to take that product to different markets. So in the next six months, uh, I'm going to visit actually a trade show in, in Germany in January to start to look for distribution partners. So we're looking now to find distribution partners in and start with a couple of countries to take that brand and develop that brand in those countries. And as we see that model starting to work, we'll then actively start to pursue other export markets. So we see it as quite a long... It's a longer term strategy. It will take time to get into place, but we see it as absolutely vital to grow our brand uh, and ensure the longevity of the brand. But the other side is we've got to ensure that we keep moving the product forward. Um, and we're all about technology and furniture. 
So it's, it's a real challenge sometimes to say, what technology can we add to our furniture that uh, makes it interesting? It's, it's very easy to add technology to products that, to be honest, it's kind of useless or nobody will use or adds a lot of cost and then it becomes counterproductive. So I've spent quite a lot of um, time, late nights, thinking, really thinking through what we can do to keep the furniture current, keep the price at the right price point. I'm very excited to say we've got an absolutely fantastic development and a new, pro new stock will launch um, first part of next year in that the, the next generation of our current product range will not only feature the hidden wireless charging, it will also feature the um, remote control, intelligent remote control device, but it will also, it'll also include um, mood lighting. But it's not just mood lighting, it's mood lighting that's gonna come with its dedicated free Frank Olsen furniture app. So you can go onto the app uh, and then you can change the lights. There's over 14 million combinations of light settings. I know it sounds a lot, but it's basically the whole... It sounds a huge number. <laughs> it's, it's basically the whole circle of the rainbow. Um, so you can download the app. You can set that to any color you like from your phone. So if you're, you're in the living room and you've got two or three pieces of furniture, you can adjust them all from your, from your phone. Uh, you can even set those to come on at certain times. There's almost security light. But what's really exciting is we've developed that so it's also voice activated. I mean, one of the most um, phenomenally successful things of this time is the Amazon Echo. Um, I mean, the, the predictive volumes are absolutely huge for, for how that's gonna, I mean, it has taken off, but how it's gonna go even further. So you're just keeping that little step ahead of the- <laughs> Absolutely, the, the there is nobody in the furniture market that has um, what we've developed that's involved with the, the works of the Amazon Echo and it's got its own app. Uh, so we're really, uh, it's very, very exciting. It's been tremendously difficult to develop, if I'm honest. There's been a lot of investment, a lot of time in understanding how to get that all to work. And so we're very, very excited about that. That's definitely gonna keep us ahead of the curve. It's voice controlled furniture. It's, it's, just, it's, it's pretty damn cool to be honest. It's just amazing. Just the thought of it is amazing. Uh, when, you, when you're developing new partners then in, in overseas, will you be introducing them to existing partners? Uh, yes, we do. We do. I mean, one thing that's very important to us is to our furniture manufacturing partners we work very, very closely with. A lot of people think it's quite easy to go out to the Far East and get products made and, and then it's not at all. It's extremely difficult to get it right. So I, I visit the, the Far East three or four times a year um, and our manufacturing partners have, have been over to the UK to visit us, to understand a lot more about us, where we're going and the furniture market, which I think is, is very encouraging that they've done that. So we have very, very close relationships. Um, because they understand that the quality, everything's got to be absolutely right to build a business. The more the business grows, the more their business grows. Um, so everyone's very much vested into how can we keep moving forward? How can we keep reinventing what we're doing, keep new technology, keep things alive and keep ahead of the curve? So watch this space for voice activated lighting. Today we're talking to Charlie Greybrook from Frank Olson Furniture and Crew. Charlie, you're a finalist in two categories in the forthcoming South Cheshire Chamber of Commerce and Industry Business Awards. Tell us about the categories and how important this is to your business. 
Well, we're in two categories. Uh, one is the business of the year under 25 employees, and the second category is employer of the year. Um, these are really important to us. I mean, wh what I really, really like is the fact in 2017, we, we entered the awards as a startup of the year, uh, and we were a finalist in that. So to be able to come back a couple of years later um, as a business of the year, as a finalist, is, is fantastic. Um, and it kind of helps you sit back sometimes and think, actually, although you work in flat hour, you sometimes don't appreciate just kind of how far you, you've got. So it really kind of helps you just sit back and think, you know what, we seem to be getting somewhere here. And we're a family business, so it, it's really great to, um, I suppose, be recognised. And it's, it's great for us to put onto social media, to put onto our website. And one of the important things for us is these kind of awards, they just help um, our brand it, it just helps associate it with success. Yeah. As consumers look on our website and they see we're winning awards in various different areas, then it just really, really helps everything. It really helps the brand, lifts the brand. And it underpins what you're doing, like you've said. Uh, absolutely. And and the Employer of the Year is, um, is something we're really quite proud of because when my wife and I set the business up, the one thing we both decided is we wanted to set the business up to be how we wanted to run it, not necessarily the kind of corporate structure. Yeah. Um, and so we set out to be a little bit different than the way we do everything. Uh, and again, in the way we um, employ people, and that's my wife's, uh, Lindsay's area, she's done an absolutely fantastic job in engaging people, really connecting them with the business. Um, and, th and that's obviously paying dividends. And so to be, Employer of the Year is, is, is really, really something very, very proud of, very pleased of. And it just shows that actually what we're trying to do in being a little bit different in the way we approach everything is, is working. Uh, and we'll no doubt see you at the awards ceremony because the cat is hosting the, the event. So. Absolutely, absolutely. The ladies in the office have all organised their, uh, their dresses already. Um, I shall be dusting off the old black tie suit. Excellent. OK, well, we wish you best of luck in that. Um, I understand that you not only sponsor a junior football team, but uh, you'll soon be discussing design and product development uh, with engineering students at the local school. So tell us more. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, I mean, in terms of the, the football team, um, my daughter plays for Crew FC under nines girls team. So we're very, very proud to, to sponsor them um, and to support them. And it's, it's fantastic to see them playing every week. As a team, they're getting better and better and better and they're starting to really win the matches now. But to see our brand uh, on their shirts every week, is um, it makes us very proud, to be honest. Um, and in terms of the, the schools, we've started to get involved in something called the Crew and Nantwich Pledge, um, which is an initiative to bring businesses a little bit closer to schools um, and, and as a part of that I've been asked by Branley School and I'm going to see them next week to discuss a little bit further but to do a talk or a presentation to some of the design and engineering students um, in, in year 12 to really just talk about how our business has developed on the back of our own product design and the commercial side of it and that kind of whole journey and lifestyle a whole journey and life cycle but what's really important to me on that is I went to Brianley's school quite a few years ago now to be honest um, and spent many hours in the engineering engineering room so to be able to go back there probably 30 35 years later 
um, and talk to students um, about our product and product development and that whole cycle and the business cycle it's something they're very passionate about and really pleased to do and it will be somewhat inspirational I would think because they can see you were a student and, and you're now managing your own business yeah hopefully if we can just kind of I think sometimes when you leave school you, you kind of see there's you either go to London or you go to a big company or you go to college or university and there's not necessarily that many options uh, certainly when I was at school that seemed to be a bit more of the case um, so it'd be great to just demonstrate to, to students actually the world has changed and there's a lot of opportunity out there and if you can create product then you can you can create your own opportunity okay before we finish uh, Charlie tell our listeners how they can find out more information about Frank Olson Furniture well if you look on our website frankolsonfurniture.co.uk you'll see all about our product range um, but we also supply many national retailers um, if we, we've recently started to supply a, a range into next um, which is absolutely fantastic for us and for a brand um, and yes if you look out on the internet you'll see many many of our retail partners so no shortage of opportunity to see the furniture working absolutely not at all if, if you google Frank Olson furniture you'll see there's, there's, there's many many retail partners on there Charlie thanks very much for coming into the cat today no problem at all thank you for inviting me absolute pleasure go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen